Hey, good morning, NSA. Again, it's Pastor Jeremy here. Glad to preach for you for this pre-recorded live stream while we have our parking lot services. So last week, uh, I was sitting in the rain out in the parking lot here, and I looked over and saw that Dave had set up this really pretty cool sign. I'll grab it. So he had this big uh, orange cone set up under a tent, and the sign, as hopefully you can see, says, prayer available here. And there's a spot in the tent uh, where prayer was available. And I love this sign. I actually think it's hilarious. I like the idea that prayer is available in a spot. Uh, but the more I looked at the sign, the more I realized that this is actually a significant point that I wanted to make for us as a whole church and actually kind of the main point of my sermon today, which is that every single Christian basically has a sign like this hanging over your head. Prayer is available here, here with me, wherever I go, wherever I walk and am, prayer is available. It's not in a special space. It's not only from certain people at certain times. Each and every one of us is a prayer minister, and this is because of the resurrection. So that's what I want to talk to you about in our time this morning, how after the resurrection, one of the aftershocks and after effects of the resurrection is that it makes prayer available for every Christian believer. So let's talk about the why of this for a few minutes now. One of the main reasons prayer is available because of the resurrection is because of where Jesus is right now. And the answer to the question, where is Jesus right now, is he's seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. So let me look with you again at the book of Hebrews, chapter 8. This is Hebrews, chapter 8, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 6 for you right now, where the author of Hebrews says this. He says, now this is the main point in what has been said. We have such a high priest, Jesus who has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister in the sanctuary and in the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. So it is necessary that this high priest also have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are those who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve as a copy and shadow of the heavenly things, just as Moses was warned by God when he was about to erect the tabernacle. For see, God says, that you make all things according to the pattern which was shown to you on the mountain. But now Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry by as much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. What the author of Hebrews has in mind is that the whole Hebrew structure of temple and architecture and priests was in fact a kind of shadow or copy of the real thing, which is in heaven. And the real thing is where Jesus is now as the great high priest sitting at God's right hand doing priestly work on our behalf. And Jesus, because of the resurrection, has ascended into heaven, is now seated at God's right hand, praying for you and for me. He's interceding for us. That's where he is. Now, this is where things get even more interesting, because we have direct access to Jesus. This is the meaning of the passage in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. I've read this for you before. It's one of my favorite passages. Allow me to read it again. Paul writes, In Jesus you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, so you heard it, and then you believed it, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit as a promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance, with a view of the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. So what's going on? You hear the good news, you believe in the resurrection power of Jesus, and because of that belief in the resurrection, you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit seals you and also now connects and binds you to God. 
Now, this has some implications for prayer. It means that we have direct access to Jesus, who's seated at the right hand of God. Our prayers have incredible power. We're all walking around like people with credit cards that have infinite spending limits on them in prayer. And all we have to do is ask God for things according to his will, and he's going to spend lavishly in our lives. We've got incredible resources. Prayer is available here because the Holy Spirit lives in us and because we have access to Jesus and Jesus has access to the Father. We don't have to go anywhere special to pray. You don't have to be in church to pray. You don't have to be in a holy group of people to pray. You don't have to purify yourself on a holy pilgrimage and wear special clothes and wear a hat to pray. You can pray right now because of the resurrection. Prayer is available here and with you and with the people sitting around you who believe in Jesus. We are all of us prayer ministers. And that's one of the things the resurrection has done. Now, this has some pretty cool implications as I think about it, and I want to talk about why this is important. One of the reasons it's important is because a thing we call the priesthood of all believers. Maybe you've heard of this before. It's often used in talk around the Reformation, where there was a class of priests, and the priests stood between the people and God. So we have every, everyday kind of Christians, laity, wandering around, and then you have a holy group of priests, and they control access to God. And when the Reformation happened, one of the things they did was they talked about the priesthood of all believers as a way to blow out the walls of those controls. And I think they were right. Priests don't stand, uh, Christian pastors don't stand as kind of intermediaries between the people of God and God. We're midwives. We try to get you close to God. We don't try to replace the connection. That's just really important. So um, the priesthood of all believers blows out the walls of access to God. But when Peter talks about it, I'm going to read you his passage. He has some other things in mind, and I want to share those with you now. So 1 Peter chapter 2, and this is verses 4 and 5. Peter writes, And coming to him, Jesus, as a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. All right. So what's happened is because of Christ, because of the resurrection, we are now built into Jesus, and we are now a priesthood, a priesthood of believers, serving to serving for God's purposes in the world. So what's going on? Well, when Peter speaks of priests, what he has in mind is the Levites. If you remember, Israel, Israel was divided into 12 or maybe 13 tribes. There were 12 original kids of Jacob, and then um, Joseph has two sons, and each of them, Ephraim and Manasseh, become a tribe. But Levi was one of those tribes, and Levi was set apart to be the tribe of priests. So when the Israelites finally enter into their land and they take possession, they divide the land up and every group gets their own allotment of land, except the Levites. What the Levites got was cities throughout the entire land. They were scattered throughout the entire land. And being scattered, they served as a reminder that Israel was actually one nation and not 12 individual tribes. So the Levites were the scattered tribe. But the Levites were also set apart. They were set apart in their clothing and in their practices and in how they behaved. And being set apart marked them as different from your everyday Israelite, not so they could just be different, but so that the other Israelites knew who to go to when they needed a priest, when they needed the help of a priest to do something. And now Peter says, we are a priesthood. We're also scattered throughout the world. But instead of being scattered for unity, we're scattered like seed to grow the kingdom wherever God's planted us. And now we're also set apart, but instead of being set apart by like our clothing and our ritual habits, we're set apart by holy living and by the Holy Spirit. 
And now we also should have manifestations of life that mark us as the kind of people for whom prayer is available here. Our holy living isn't to impress God. Our holy living telegraphs to the world that we have access to God, that when they need God, they can come to us to get to him. And that reframes the reason for holiness in our lives. We're set apart not to make ourselves feel good. We're set apart so that people can recognize us when they need us. And the world does need what we have. It needs the gifts and the things that we have. And that means that our availability for prayer is part of our mission. To be available and ready to pray, every Christian ready to pray, to go right to the throne of Almighty God at any moment for any person is a key part of our mission in the world and how we reach the lost. Because they do need God and they do need to reach him. And guess what? We are the people put in the place to bring them to that spot. That's our job. So I want to tell you a brief story and then I want to talk about some ways that we do this. Many years ago, Liesl and I were living in our first home in Vancouver. It was a lovely home, and our landlords themselves were not believers. But they knew that we were at seminary, they knew we were at Regent, and they knew we were Christians. And we had a lovely relationship with them. We had a nice friendship with them. We're still friends with them to this day. We enjoy them. Um, but at one point, um, they came into some difficulties. One of their parents was really sick, and they didn't have faith. And I remember um, the wife came down to me, knocked on my door, and she said, um, I don't have faith but I know that you do. Would you pray for my mom? It was an incredibly tender moment that she wanted to ask for this prayer. And I hadn't done anything to telegraph that I was especially Christian or especially holy, but she knew that in the Christian life there was access to power. And she knew that I was a Christian. And so in that moment, she came to me to ask for prayer. Now, I'm not going to say that anything special happened. I'm not going to say that we were spectacular. All I'm going to say is that we were ready when the moment came. And that's what I want to ask you. Are you ready for those moments? Do people know that with you prayer is available here? So let's talk about a couple ways that we can telegraph that prayer is available here. Uh, one of the ways is to make it weird. And I, it's okay to make it weird, but you just got to be wise about how you make it weird. You could wear a shirt that says prayer available here. Uh, you could stick it on your forehead like a sticky tack. It says, prayer available here. That might be extra weird, but actually, it's kind of biblical. Let me read for you something from the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6, one of the most famous passages in the Bible. Deuteronomy 6, verses uh, 1, what do I have? Verses 4 through 9. You know this? It's called the Shema. And here Moses says, speaking to Israel, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. You guys heard Jesus quote this, of course. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. So you wear them on the right hand where you do your work, and you wear them on your forehead where you do your thoughts. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So put the word of God around you, and that doesn't just keep it close to you, it also telegraphs to other people. So uh, praying for people, m making it known that we pray for people, we, we can do it somewhat publicly. I'm not suggesting you get tattoos in your foreheads that say prayer available here. That might be too weird. Um, please talk to your counselors before you make those kinds of choices. Okay, the other things that we can do to telegraph that we're available for prayer is by the kind of living we point out. 
And there's three, th there's a lot of things we can do. I just want to talk about three. One of them is to manifest joy. The other is to manifest peace. And the other is to manifest confidence. Okay. When you've met Jesus, when you know Jesus, when you've solved the big questions of life, like, the, like understanding the meaning of life and who God is, there's a sense of joy that comes into our hearts. We should be people marked by our joy. And there should be such abundant joy in our lives that people come around us and say, what's different about you? And when they ask you what's different about you, you can say, I know the Lord of heaven and earth, and would you like to pray about it? And we could pray. Another thing is peace. Christians should be known for our peace. We should be known by the degrees to which we have a deep sense of abiding peace. Troubles come to our lives, and we're not bothered like other people. Uh, things happen, there are financial issues, and we have a deep sense of, you know what, we're going to be okay. And other people get to see that we're okay, and they take note of it. You don't have to telegraph this. It just should come from your trust and confidence in Jesus, that there's peace. And when the world needs peace, and the world is hungry for peace, you can say, let's pray about it together. And lastly, there's a great confidence. The more we trust in the almighty power of our God, the power that Jesus Christ voices to us, to the Father on our behalf, through the Spirit dwelling in us, that gives us immense confidence in our prayers. We can approach God with such great confidence, and the confidence should itself be telegraphing to people that we're different. So you don't have to necessarily have a tattoo or a sign or a t-shirt that says prayer available here, although prayer available t-shirts might be pretty cool. You don't have to have those things, but you do need to have peace and joy and confidence in your heart. And these things will point to others the way to Jesus. So brothers and sisters, because of the resurrection, we are all of us prayer ministers. And our prayer ministry is part of the joyful ministry we get to bring to our world. So let's go out today. Let's pray for one another. Where appropriate, let's make it weird. Man, those people are always praying. They're always praying. I'm so tired of them praying. But you know what? There will come a day when they desperately need the power of Jesus. And they will know in that day that you are available to pray for them. So bless you this morning. Go out in ministry to love and serve your neighbors today. In the power and name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.